0: from the Bleacher Report. Teams that have the requisite talents, veteran talents, proven talents, and the Jazz fall into those categories can find themselves in the last month of a season. And as long as you ended on the right note and you got into the playoffs with everybody in rhythm, the chemistry looking good, you kind of forget about how you got there and the mini dramas along the way. So I don't think what's happening now is necessarily indicative of concerns that the Jazz should have in mid April, but it all depends on what happens in the next six weeks, obviously.
1: He is a quarterback for the University of Utah, joining us from spring ball, he is Jake Bentley. You have starting experience and in going into what's uh, anticipated to be a quarterback battle. Do you think that helps that uh, you've got the experience advantage? No doubt, no
2: doubt. I think having that experience, having those uh, you know those lessons that that I've learned over the years of playing and being able to use that definitely helps me a lot. But it's a new situation, and I'm just
3: trying to get better each and every day. The Cavs are really bad, but the Jazz did play better when Bogdanovich is hitting ten of nineteen shots and scoring twenty eight points. Man, that a long way. You want him shooting.
1: He needs to shoot. He's the second most important offensive player on the team, so he has an off couple of nights. Take 19 shots. If he hits 3 of 19, keep slowing, going, man. In the case of somebody like Bogdanovich, who's one of the best, what, 15 shooters on the very planet Earth? Uh, he wants to play for you. Hoist away, sir. <laughs> you shoot to your heart's content. <laughs> I guarantee that's what Quinn Snyder and every member of that team is telling him. Television voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler, Jack.
4: Look, there's 22 games left. We played 60, which is amazing. You know, the conway situation can is fluid as I think he looks more comfortable the last couple of games. That's good if they're going to stay with this lineup with O'Neal as a starter and Joe as a sixth man. still think Joe has to get more involved and still has to have more touches. How that happens, I don't know but I think Joe Ingles is a player that needs more than two shots like he had last night. He's still, when it's direct in traffic with assists and that's good but I think the Jazz still need Joe Ingles and his three ball and the ability to find Rudy which is what he does so well so if they're winning I guess that's the most important thing as you get back on track I think they're building confidence and hopefully that confidence is going to go up in Boston
1: the offensive coordinator for BYU talking a little spring ball with Jeff Grimes what's the official status of the quarterback position right now is everything up for grabs is there an incumbent advantage for somebody what's the status of that position
3: I think all those
4: guys have proven that they can play and and that they can win games you know and I've not been a lot of places where you have two quarterbacks that you feel really about. I don't think I've in anywhere where you
0: have three, if you had that luxury at running back or tight end you want to give all those guys opportunities and so all of them will have an opportunity to prove what they can do and win
3: the
4: job but I think the volume of work that any guy has done certainly speaks for them and
0: I'm a fan of all three of those guys and so they'll all get pretty equal reps at least to start with here in spring ball and obviously that could change depending on health and performance as we work our way through these 15 practices.
1: It's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. I think some of the things
4: have been better. The end result of the whole lineup thing is that they've got this pretty good second tier lineup now. Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles are playing with George Niang and Tony Bradley. I'm
3: pretty
0: excited about that. The ball movement has been better. They've had more open catch and shoot threes. You know, the defense is what has to get better. It's really hard to tell in these games whether the defense is getting better because the bottom four or five teams in the Eastern Conference are just so bad. So that seems perfectly fine to me. It just doesn't come out very well statistically.
4: Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is the big show on 975-1280 the zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280. The Zone Sounds of the Week brought to you by RGS Exteriors. They will improve the curb appeal for your house with uh, James Hardy brick, stone and stucco exteriors, along with soffit, fascia and rain gutters. Check them out at RGSUtahSighting.com. Jazz Game Night pregame Show takes over the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Jazz getting ready for the Boston Celtics, so stay tuned for that. Tip-off, come your way a little after 6 o'clock. Uh, Stars in action tonight. Utah State in action tonight, taking on Wyoming. That'll uh, tip off a little after 9.30. Pre-game will begin at 9.00. So it's a busy Friday night on the station. We continue on with Gordon's List on the Big Show. Yes,
3: uh, Jake. Jets defensive lineman, Quinnen Williams, well, he got himself arrested. Why, you ask? Because he tried to board a plane at LaGuardia with, uh, with an unregistered Glock 19. It was unregistered? I thought it was registered. It was registered in Alabama but not for New York. And you can't do that. So he was arrested in New York or yes, Alabama? At LaGuardia.
1: So he actually made it through the airport. Well, where was he oh was he flying back to Alabama? Where was he flying to I don't know from?
3: I don't know where he was going, but he was at LaGuardia, which is obviously in New York City. And uh, he got. It was, I, I just um, so how did he get it to rules. New York in the first Who place? Who knows? Via car? I don't know. Maybe maybe he could board a plane in Alabama because it was registered there. I don't. Uh, I don't
1: own a gun. I think you can travel with a gun, but you have to check it. I think.
3: I don't know. Well, he was arrested. so Either way, you can't do what it, he did.
1: Taking it through security—that's that's probably not a good idea.
3: A billionaire named John Katza Matidis. If that's how you say it, I don't know. He was eating dinner at—you're going to hate this, Jake. He was eating dinner at, man, at a, man, a Manhattan restaurant kay. where he saw his daughter eating dinner with a date, Okay, on a date, with a man the dad didn't recognize. So he had a waiter, unbeknownst to the couple, take a picture of the man, and he matched him with a secret facial recognition app. And then sent the daughter of the man's biography on her phone, taken from various sources via the app. Wow. Uh, This is a a secretive thing. It hadn't really, nobody really knew about it uh, as far as I don't think it had been released yet, this app. But I think that would really bother you, wouldn't it? Yeah. Talk (laughs) about an invasion of privacy. Yeah. And and then it's getting the information from various sources. I imagine that's like from social media and stuff. I don't know whether that would necessarily be accurate. But either way, uh, that makes makes you uncomfortable, doesn't it? I'll be honest. There's too many coincidences in
2: this story. They just happened to be at the same restaurant that he was at, and he's the only person on earth
3: with this facial recognition well, he software. Had, he had he had invested in the company. And so he knew about it. He had the app where it hadn't been released yet. Seems pretty planted. Really? Yep. The only real coincidence I see with this is is that, uh, well, this was in the New York Times. So the failing New York
2: Times? Oh, yeah, well, that's fake news, obviously. <laughs> the one who's uh, a financial let- representative said that Bernie Sanders could have given everyone a million dollars? Oh, yeah, that or was uh, it? it was Mike
1: Bloomberg. Not oh, what
4: Sanders. did I say? Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, that that's, was a slight, uh, yeah you should have led with uh, that. This is
1: obviously ridiculous. But uh, let me ask you this as a more experienced parent than I. what's What's the matter with just asking your daughter, like, hey— <laughs> Who are you with? Introduce me to your friend. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't that, that seem seems like a like good way to that go? That seems like the
3: more human way to go. Right, yeah.
1: right. You just say, oh, fancy seeing you here. I, You know what coincidence? We're sitting right over there. Couldn't help but notice you're uh, you're dining with somebody. Introduce me to your friend. Hey there. You think, hey there, Pete. Yeah, but but you then
2: you don't get your... Your uh, write-up in the New York Times about your new software. Right? Yeah, so
3: you think that's ego. what it was all about? Uh-huh. Man, I hadn't really thought of that, but maybe you're right. You this know, is not a Liam Neeson movie.
1: <laughs> uh, it's just a reminder, though, how like interpersonal communication is changing. Right? Yes. Instead of
3: just, "Hey there, daughter." <laughs> hey, let me let me get someone to take your picture with your stranger.
1: I mean, how stranger how bigger. mad would you be if you're the daughter?
3: Yeah. I'd be furious. be like, what are you doing? Man, now that you brought that to my attention, Austin, I think you might be right. Sorry? So, okay, I don't want to talk about it anymore then. Oh, good. The Clippers have won six in a row. Now
2: that, that sounds planted, too. What else they're looking
3: more
1: like the Clippers we expected. Hmm. Yeah, the Clippers are going to be good in the playoffs. They, they've they got the talent. They're, they're built well. You know, Doc Rivers is a good coach. The Clippers are going to be really, really good. Now they just signed Joakim Noah. I mean, give them the, give them the trophy
3: now. Just hand it over. Just, just give them the trophy now. University of Washington has canceled all its classes to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Um, Seems a little extreme to me. Well, they've had some issues up there in the Seattle area. Most of them centered around that, that one uh, uh, facility for... Older folks, but... uh, And I I
1: understand some concession worker at uh, the the soccer game up there. No, the XFL game up there had coronavirus and was handing out hot dogs.
2: Oh, really? Apparently. Mm -hmm.
1: But that's why, you know what, that's
2: why these... And this just breaking, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints has closed the temple just a minute
3: ago. In Washington? In Seattle. Or across the world. In Seattle, yes. And the league, around the league, no high fives, handshakes. Folks are taking precautions. I... I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, statistically, when you look at the numbers, it's uh, encouraging. But th- there's some mystery to the whole thing. Still. Any
2: concern that that's where Costco's headquarters are and everyone's flocking to Costco as though the world's ending?
3: I take it for what it's worth. Can somebody know. explain
1: to me the run on toilet paper? <laughs> though? I don't Well, That, that just seems well, like, gonna, a, like, like a mystery be, to if me. If you're going
3: to be quarantined in your homes, then maybe then you have need to, that. So that's where everybody thinks this is going? Like well, Austin doesn't need that because he's got two bidets. Okay, that was off air. <laughs> <laughs> was that- I will sue you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great idea. It is a great they idea. It got dumped. Oh, man. He that is it. very
2: personal. Okay. <laughs>
3: is it, though? Yes. I didn't oh,
2: think so. I don't either. All right. Do you fold or crumple?
3: <laughs> More of a folder. All
2: right. Gordon?
3: Uh, kind of a mix of yeah,
2: huh?
3: Uh, A scientist in Texas Jerks. says uh, his group was close to nailing down a coronavirus vaccine a few years ago, but that they couldn't find the funding to do human testing for it. He. This is a quote from him. There wasn't much interest, he said. Hmm. I guess necessity is the mother of invention, right? Okay. All right. Sure. Well, now it's a necessity. So hurry up and invent something. Come up with something. We did in the in the last break. Ruth Bryant turned uh, one hundred years old. Jake, who is Ruth Bryant? Uh, I don't know. But as a gag, she uh, she had never been arrested in her hundred years. So she uh, worked out a deal, I think, with uh, with some officers, police officers. They came to her home. They accused her of indecent exposure and hauled her off to jail and uh, to the shock of her friends and relatives. So it was just a prank. It was a prank. So what did her
1: never having been arrested before have to do with anything?
3: She wanted, to, uh, she wanted the experience of something she'd never done.
1: Well, you don't really get that experience if you... If it's fake? Right. I know. And, you know, it, it, if you go through your life, I, I can get the, okay, I've never experienced a tropical vacation, you know, and wanting to experience that. Or I've never experienced a <laughs> Chicago dog. I need to do that. But never experienced being arrested? That sounds like something you could live without. You know, I've never had a
2: migraine. Sure hope I get one someday. Yeah, right, right.
1: I don't understand the logic of this whole thing. I don't know.
3: I'm not Ruth. I don't know. I've never slammed my thumb in the car door. (laughs) Ooh, I have. Let's give it a try. When I was a kid, I did that. That hurt like a son of a gun. I only did it once, and that was a long, long time ago. Do you think it hurt
2: more or less than when you hit your sister in the head with a croquet ball? I don't know, because I hit her. She didn't hit That's me. what I'm asking. Do you think she was in more pain or you?
3: Well, the, the croquet ball, I think, kind of just skipped off her head. <laughs> you know what? Had I known it would have
1: uh, led to that uh, analogy from Gordon, I would have picked a different example. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, what is one thing you've never experienced in your life thus far that you that you absolutely are looking forward to? One thing for both of you. Death. I'm thinking too. What do you think? I've never been to Europe. Oh yeah, there's lots to see. Now's not the time
2: to go, my friend. Nope, but you know, I I wasn't planning on going tomorrow. Austin, uh, you probably if we're along the lines of since it's now in my
3: head, I've never been to Hawaii. There you go. I've never been to Antarctica. You're not going. I'm not. I can't see you going to Antarctica. On like a science expedition. Better hurry, it's
1: melting. I hear. And nobody that I know of. Hates the cold more than
3: you do. Well, that's true. But I, I talked to a friend once who did a lot of cruising, and she said that her favorite cruise of all time was the one that took her to Antarctica. Maybe she was a cold-weather person. I don't know. You can go on a
2: cruise to Antarctica? Yeah. Do you have to wear, like, one of those uh, deadliest catch outfits to get
3: down there? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. You can go to the Bahamas, you know. I, uh, I, in watching that show, and I haven't watched it a lot. I just saw it for a couple minutes. That, that is scary. I mean, I've spent a lot of time on the ocean, uh, various you know fishing things, you know, stuff like that. But not up in the Bering Strait or whatever that is, up there where you know you got ice everywhere and it's freezing cold. That looks dangerous. What football player was it that got uh, that got saved from uh, some fishing vessel like that up in the great beyond there? Oh, it was in Larry, the great beyond? Yeah, it was Larry Zonka. Remember Larry Zonka? <laughs> the great beyond is like the next life. Larry my friend. Zonka. Remember Jim Kick and Larry Zonka, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid for the Miami Dolphins. This is back in the days of Jake Scott. Mm-hmm. I remember. I know. Right now, I'm just picturing
1: you on a boat in the in the the frigid weather, not wearing a coat, still wearing shorts, and telling the guys like, oh, wow, it's really cold while uh, typing out an r s l article and well then when the work the work happens and people are bringing in the catch, Gordon goes, "Well guys I gotta I gotta call him all right I'll be."
3: I'll be down in the
1: in hey, the man, hold.
3: Hold on here. I was uh I was I'm a gifted fisherman. <laughs> gotta swing the axe and the pick, man. No, guys, I gotta uh, you know I, done I a got a, Joe Baird's all over me. I have done a lot of fishing in my day. And I I've never gone fly fishing, but I have done a lot of fishing. Did I tell you the story once? I was on the Why Chesapeake Why are you changing this up? I was yeah. on the Chesapeake Bay once fishing. And, and We've heard this story a hundred times. Let's move oh, on. Wait, I move on. told this story. I agree. We should. What's uh, okay? How's the story in? Huh?
2: The Chesapeake and the, the the Blue Star and the the the, the machine. And no, the, guys, I gotta I told this. story. blue lo- Have you ever seen a blue lobster, Jake?
3: <laughs> that was a blue lobster. I swear to you, I saw, it's true. No, I saw that on the internet. That was a blue lobster. But I was lobster. I was uh, my dad and I were fishing on the Chesapeake. And uh, a ship went by, and it was a windy day, <laughs> and the sea was angry. Who are you, Ernest Hemingway? <laughs> anyway, the ship goes by, and we thought, okay, that's a, that's a big freighter or whatever. So, But the wind picked up the uh, wake of the ship and uh I we were <laughs> we were in the boat fishing and we were looking the other way and I turned around and it was like the Poseidon adventure. This huge wave was coming right at us. Huge wave coming right at us. And I said, hey Dad, look <laughs> he turned around and we started the boat and tried to hit the wave head on, you know, and the boat the the, the water came flying over the top of the boat and we darn near sank the boat. But we survived. That's the story, huh? That's it. (laughs) We almost once sank. (laughs) Well, we're out in the middle of the ocean or out in the middle of the
2: Chesapeake. What's more of a of a waste of time? That story or the time you almost didn't get stuck in an elevator? Because it went to the wrong floor twice. You're right. Really, the <laughs> no. The, Gordon was, Gordon got wet mixing, in that story. That's what happened. It, no, no, it you're,
3: you're, you're, Gordon got wet. You're mixing two stories. There was one when I got stuck in an elevator because it kept going to other floors and it wouldn't go to this floor. The other one was that's one, not stuck. Was that's true. But the other time I was actually stuck, and the elevator stopped, and it was like eye level where the floor was, and I I pulled the doors apart. There actually was a crowded elevator I pulled the doors apart and climbed out uh you know firemen need the jaws on. of life
2: Gordon just needs <laughs> his two arms
3: onto the floor and crawled now if the elevator had started moving when I was halfway through then I would have been cut in half you know but I was actually stuck in the elevator it's true and the door was I mean the floor <laughs> the floor was right there in front of me you know you're incredible really because you use that
1: as an excuse to crowbar in two more stories about <laughs> yourself. Not one, but two. Just on some offhanded word that no, Austin no, used no. right there.
3: Well, well, I love your stories, Gordon. Please tell another. Well one. he's the one that brought up the being stuck in the elevator. So I to clarified. <laughs> and how you weren't ever stuck in the elevator. I was well I got I escaped. But I was stuck.
2: You <laughs> did, did not pull the doors apart I with your arms. I no. You're not Lou Ferrigno. I swear Uh-oh. I did that.
1: Nope. No. I did. Mean, you, you
3: guys have trust issues.
1: Uh, we'll have more next. <clears throat> 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.
4: This is DJ and PK.
2: Tim Lacombe, former basketball coach at the level. I think this is the year BYU wins that tournament. Wins the
0: tournament? They'll be cutting down the nets on I, Tuesday. I really, really believe it. I think just the way that team is loving the moment, it's just amazing. They're feeling no pressure. I honestly believe, guy for guy, they're better than everybody else in the league. You know, I called the
2: Gonzaga win two weeks before. You did? I just don't think anybody's playing as good a ball as they're playing. I'm not going saying this team's going to the Final Four, but I think they're playing as good a basketball as anybody in their league, and they're on something special right now.
4: Catch DJ and PK mornings from six till ten. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Rumor spreading round
1: in that Texas town about the shack outside the
0: Sam Merrill working against McGee, crossing the timeline. Aggies can take the lead on this possession with 2.47 left to go in the game.
1: I'm done. The words of the one and only, the infamous Scott Gerard The Aggies are still alive, Gordon, for that NCAA tournament. They beat New Mexico in grand fashion, trailed by as many as, what, 11? Yes, and, they were uh, down 11. Sam Merrill, special, left so. special performance uh, with 29 points. in Utah State, um, they had just lost to this New Mexico team. They beat them last night, setting up a showdown with the upstart Wyoming Cowboys tonight at uh, 930 You'll be here uh, able to hear it all right here on the Zone Radio Network.
3: Well, I guess better late than never. But you, you got it. That was an understatement. The upstart Wyoming Cowboys, considering they, coming into the tournament, they've won like eight games.
1: I think uh, what two conference games, eight games overall. They've now won ten. Yes, ten and twenty-three.
3: So the Pokes have caught fire. I would imagine—I mean, I would be shocked if the Aggies don't handle that team.
1: No, I would say you can probably plan on them playing in the championship game. Do you think they're
3: happy? I mean, when when you have a a team on the other side in your bracket who is not really expected to do anything, but then they kind of catch fire, do do you think a team looks forward to playing that kind of team that might be under-talented but is hot? Absolutely, Because <laughs> you know
1: you're better than they Yes, are. <laughs> 100%. And now Utah State, you know how they can ensure their way into the NCAA tournament is winning this tournament. And so now you've got what should be a cupcake uh, in between you and the championship game.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Well, as we talked about earlier, that's Sam Merrill. He can play, and he is a dangerous, dangerous college player. I don't know what his NBA future is. But, or if he'll get an opportunity, whatever. But, man, he's fun to watch. He is. He can shoot the ball. Uh, you hear Scotty talk about it a lot. He's a
1: great leader on that team. I uh, like it, that he's a he's a local product, which I think uh,
3: which I think makes it fun. Did you see the coach afterward? He just said, <laughs> "Yes, Sam Merrill, Sam Merrill, Sam Merrill. Just get him away from me. Kicked our backsides is what I he said. I thought that was interesting the way the coach said it. He said, he beat me. Yeah, I noticed he that too. He beat me. Did he really beat you? Yeah. Is that is that egotism uh-huh. on his part, or is that accountability? Or did he just misspeak? He's no, he said it twice. Hmm. I think he meant it, but I it felt awkward to me. I didn't. He didn't beat you. He beat your team. You are not the team. So to me, it came across as being somewhat egocentric. Well, he's a college basketball coach. I mean. <laughs>
1: Is that something that would come as a shock to you? I don't something know. Something that would surprise you? an egocentric college basketball coach? Get out of here. Stop it. Believe it or not. Yeah, they don't find that uh, common in that line of work, do they? <laughs> like that can't happen. Uh but no, Utah State if they could, you know, win this uh win this tournament and ensure that they get into the NCAAs, maybe jump a spot or two in the in the seating standpoint, you got a shot to win a game. So Do you think they have to win the tournament in order to get in? I don't know now. I I think if they would have lost to New Mexico, it would have made them a long shot to give in to get in. But two they, two straight losses, a right? Loss. But they they kind of avenge that, get a decent win on the resume. You know, getting into the finals at least of the Mountain West Conference. Then you're you're still grabbing some headlines, hopefully, and and if you can somehow beat San Diego State, I mean, not only are you automatically in, but you take out a top five team, and now maybe you're jumping a
3: seat or two. So I, that's I mean, that's a huge deal. Do you think it's more than just good quality teams? Do you think having a couple of stars on your team, a couple of bigger-name players, aids you in getting in? Kind of like a bowl game? It's not supposed to, so I would say no. Because
1: don't they, I mean, doesn't the selection committee, don't they not even see the teams that they're evaluating? They just see the records and all that that sort of thing? I didn't know that. I think it is. We'd, maybe we'd look into it a little bit, but yeah. I think you're, so
3: you're saying they go through it blind? Basically. It's or at least, a portion,
1: at least a portion of
3: it is. Wow. That's something I had never thought of. I, what, well, maybe that's good. Well, if they don't do it that way, they should. Hmm. All right. I don't know. We'll see. Aggies are pretty good, man. I know they had some some disappointing losses, but uh, expectations for that team were quite high before the season started. I don't mean to create excuses because nobody likes to hear
1: those, but they haven't been healthy. I mean, we all know about Keita and what he's gone through, but yeah, Sam Merrill Sam played through some up. stuff. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean— and look how important he is to that team. Look at what a special player he is. And this is basketball, after all, where it's about one or two special guys that can really lift the team to the next level.
3: But as you heard in Scotty's call there, other players were contributing in that game last night. Well, yeah, they've got more than just Sam Merrill and Kata, certainly. Mm-hmm. But that's the they're, they're the two
1: best players on that team. I mean, they're going to set the tone. And then they've got some guys like Brito who really contribute.
3: And you've got to have that, too. Don't get me wrong. Okay, so I asked you about... Uh... Sam Merrill and his pro future. What about Keita? I think he has a pro future.
1: Pro NBA future? Yeah, he's going to have to develop a little bit. And what's the future of the big man in the NBA? Yeah, good question. I mean, because right now he definitely resembles more your traditional big man. I mean, he's not. He's a rim protector. Yeah, he's not taking people out beyond the three-point line. So, I mean, that, that kind of, unfortunately, is up to the fate of that, how valuable his position actually is. But as far as the physical tools, he certainly has them. And from all accounts, from what you hear, he's very coachable and uh, somebody that you would want to have on your roster. So, that yeah. I mean, that works
3: out pretty well, I would think. How important is it, do you think, in order for a team to get hot, what do you think happens how does that happen? If you could answer that, you could probably bottle it and sell it and make a gazillion dollars. But how, how does a team like Wyoming, and there are a zillion other examples of it, where a team gets hot and then people can't stop them, and they're, they play way above their heads? I don't know whether it's just a good vibe. Or it's, oftentimes you hear players talk about confidence and how important that is. I, I don't know. Maybe nobody does.
1: Oh, I think there are some factors you can pin down. Health is one. Oh, health. Health, health is one. The nothing to lose factor, don't forget about that. You yeah. got a, you've you got a team that literally has nothing to lose, and they can just go play for themselves and play like their hair was on fire, and we we'll, we probably see some of that. And then the favorite overlooks them. We always forget yeah. about that, but yeah. we always forget, you know, so, oh, this amazing Cinderella victory, and then you look at the favorite and they, you know, completely didn't show up or whatever. I mean, I did not watch Nevada and Wyoming last night, admittedly, but I would guess that Nevada had a little something to do with that upset.
3: (laughs) You know what I mean? You're just not showing up. Huh. I don't know.
1: And, by the way, that's something Utah State's going to have to avoid, you know. They're going to have to still show up and,
3: and give it some effort. Okay, so let me ask you the exact opposite question. When teams underperform and they get beat by a team like that, What's going on in that team? Is it just overlooking your opponent, underestimating your opponent? Or is what, what are some of the other things that are going on? Could it be dissension within the team somewhere? Any sort of, of an unhappy vibe? Uh, well. Any of that. Or you're not hitting your shots, as
1: you like to uh, say for the entire show yesterday. Yeah, that, I did say that. Yeah. I, I did. Water- yeah, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm going to do the read. Did you have something else? I didn't mean to interrupt. One other thing, but you go ahead. Purchase Ford Fan Zone All-You-Can-Eat Ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as 37 bucks a ticket. Uh, visit utahjazz.com or call 325 to buy your Ford Fan Zone All-You-Can-Eat Tickets now.
3: I read a headline somewhere where it said Gordon Hayward's always happy, but he's even happier now that he's having a song. Well, it, it seemed like that's what he wanted at the last birth announcement. <laughs> Seems like that's what he was rooting for, I no? I don't know he's always happy. I don't know how that's going to be explained uh, when uh, said daughter gets a little older. Uh, all
1: right. Hey, uh, how about this? Should we give away some uh, tickets? Let's give away a four-pack of tickets to the Stars game coming down tonight at Bruin Arena. 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. They're taking on the Iowa Wolves. And it's Jazz Gaming Night, so they'll have the entire Jazz Gaming team there with uh, NBA 2K consoles set up so fans can uh, jump in and test their skills. Plus, of course, they have the University of Utah Health Kids Zone uh, with bounce houses, face painters, balloon artists, the whole thing, plus uh, players sign autographs. And and this should really seal the deal for you in winning these tickets. We're just going the Stars game at 855-340-ZONE. Uh, Calling to get those tickets Austin, our very own, is going to be doing the uh, disc jockeying for tonight's game. I believe is he now? He's in charge.
3: What kind of music of, are, of are you looking the for?
2: Uh, they've asked, you know, for game, show game, show game, video game theme type stuff. So we'll see. So uh, Pac Man, that's on my <laughs> list. I got some NBA Jam stuff. Tecmo Super Bowl. I've got
3: a Tecmo Bowl soundbite. What's your all-time favorite uh, jock Rock type song?
2: Everybody dance now! Ooh,
1: the They'd, old C&C music factory.
2: <laughs> gonna make you sweat! Ooh-hoo-hoo.
1: All right, so Austin gonna be doing that at the Stars game tonight. So uh, go! Don't miss that! Go holler at our boy as he uh, is uh, is gonna be doing all the music. I do like that song. I haven't heard that in a long time, and <laughs> you should drown out Tony and see how long it takes him to to blow his top. <laughs> Going to make you sweat. Oh, that was weird. (laughs) All right, stay tuned. Not Sportsport next. Then Jazz Game Night pregame show starts at the top of the 5 o'clock hour here on 97.5 and
4: 1280 of The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton.
0: Joining us right now, Spencer Nelson. So the BYU Cougars, they've okay. been able to really break through to not just be an NCAA tournament team, but I think they're a team that's very capable of making a run. If you were to see anything that gives you pause when it comes to tournament time, what would it be?
4: Honestly, there's not a lot of holes in their game and their team. I'm with you. I think this team is built to make a run in the tournament. They have enough firepower to be able to compete with anyone in the country. I truly believe that, but I really do expect this team to be able to make the Sweet 16 and then at that point, it's just matchups. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome all back. It's time for the not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Check them out online,
3: lhmdeals.com. Where are we going today, Gordon? I got two things today. I'll do the first one real quick, and then I want to play some sound for you, Jake. We were talking earlier about how a team gets hot and how a team falls apart. Well, one thing that may damage a team's chances are when there is infighting within the team especially when it goes public. So I want to play something for you and see what you think. But the first item is top ten rock singers of all time, according to somebody who's supposed to be an expert, all right? I think you're going to like a couple of these at least. I'll go in reverse order. Ten, Ronnie James of Black Sabbath. Nine, Jeff Buckley. I don't know Jeff Buckley. Eight, Janis Joplin. I think you would agree with that, right? right? Janis. Seven, Jim Morrison. Jack, I know you love yourself some doors. Maybe a little low for Jim. You think? Axel Rose at six, Freddie Mercury at five, which surprised me. I thought he'd be higher. Uh, Elvis Presley at four. Robert Plant three. Mike Patton of Faith No More at two. And number one, according to these folks, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden. Yeah, what a joke that is!
1: <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and what? That was the like best frontman for a band. Yeah. Chris Cornell
2: is the best voice
1: of all time, <clears throat> but he
3: was number one.
1: Yeah, that's good. Was Was Elvis Presley really a frontman,
3: or was he well? Just... I mean, best rock voices or whatever they the category was. Huh? No Mick Jagger on there?
1: No. Oh. Nope. That's quite Didn't the see. list
3: you found there, Gordon. Yep. Well, I mean, it did have Dan Shoplin and Jim Morrison. That caught my attention. I thought you would like that. I do like that. Yeah. Robert Plant was great. Come on. I, I'm i not as familiar with Chris Cornell, but Austin, I trust your musical judgment. You think he you would really know his voice as soon as you heard it. Okay. The second one, you know what? I like Eddie Vedder, too. I really like his voice. Um, the second story is, it, this is apparently, it's been around for a while, for a number of years. But I saw it for the first time today. It was a newscast where you have the anchor in the studio and you have the reporter out on site and they got into a dispute. Maybe some of you have heard this or seen this before, but why don't we play this and I'll get your reaction, Jake, to it.
2: There's nobody on overtime. There's nobody working on the weekends. There's a lot that could be done to have this done a lot sooner.
3: Steve. I'm here every day. <clears throat> Well, she lives on the first floor, and so I mean, I don't see- I care about my other neighbors. Well, I mean, so I mean, the pe- the, the, it, it was, it's scheduled. It's a contracted job. Um, we don't tell the elevator company when, when to work their people. They submit a, a schedule to us. They said they could do the elevator in six weeks. Mm-hmm. So all we're, all, all we're trying to hold them to, to is, is meeting their deadline. Um, As far as working, uh, doing elevator repairs six, seven, eight o'clock at night, I don't see that as being a typical process. Nor do I. Is it a typical process Uh, to be working? I've got to go now. I want to thank you, both. Thank you. All right, it's back to you, Jim. Holly, don't let her go away. uh, This—that—that—that's what? Does she have a response to that? Is she still there? what's that? Did the lady just leave? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. We should should have kept uh, that discussion. She's back. If you want her. Yes, she heard you. Yes. What would you like to know? I would like to know a response to what the gentleman said. The gentleman's a very effective spokesperson for the, for the company, but uh, obviously the people who live there are not satisfied with his explanation. Right. So, what do you want now? Well, if I have to teach you how to be a reporter, Ollie, I'll do that later. Oh, why don't you do that later, Jim? Uh, I think the lady expressed herself, and uh, you're not here, you're there. Is there any question you'd like me to ask her? No, I'll I'll give you lessons on how to become a reporter later I'll give you some lessons on how to be an editor, because I was your boss once. Yeah, you were, and are no longer. How did that
2: happen?
1: (laughs) How did that happen? On the air, during the newscast. I'll teach you how to be a reporter later. Yes. I you I, know I, you know who I like the relationship I picture being like that. Gordons and Cragthorps. No. Never. Never. Was but, it
3: Kurt your editor at one point? Uh he was the sports editor. Ooh. but <laughs> your editor? Well, I guess. I mean, if you want to look at it that way. But we never had, you know, I mean, every once in a while you might have some variance of opinion. But I never had Gordon anything.
4: just makes his picks and tells me <laughs> what's left over.
3: I'm just telling you, I'm going to side with the anchor initially because he asked the reporter to get a reaction. It was, and he's sitting there, the reporter's sitting there going, what do you want me to ask? And all he wanted was a reaction to what the the guy who was uh, the landlord or whatever, you know, right? Although I, I don't think you bring it on the air like that where you just keep going back and forth. I just That was unfortunate. I think the
1: anchor got the best of it, though. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'll with teach you how to be a reporter.
1: Well, with the whole, you're not my boss anymore. <laughs>
3: how'd I wonder that how, happened? How'd that happen? <laughs> uh, that was pulling out the heavy ammo. The,
1: there's the win.
3: Yeah. I'll agree. All right. We would never do that around here, right? Never, never.
1: Uh, big Jazz game coming up tonight. We'll have Jazz Game Night pregame show coming up right around the corner. Gordo, enjoy your weekend, sir. I will see you on Monday.
3: I will, Jake, and uh, we hope all our listeners have a terrific sports weekend. Big show, 97.5 and
1: 1280 of The Zone.
4: I hate goodbyes. We won't have to work until Monday. All right, well, have a good weekend.